Welcome, listeners, to our review of 1917. Time, gentlemen. Must be something big if the channel's here. You have a brother in the 2nd Battalion? Yes, sir. They're walking into a trap. Your orders are to deliver a message calling off tomorrow morning's attack. If you fail, it will be a massacre. We've got orders to cross here. That is the German front line. If we're not clever about this, no one will get to your brother. I will. Right, Dean, 1917, just released in Australia this yes. week. Yes, and of course, we both went out, courtesy of Peninsula Cinemas, to see Amazing, this film. The amazing, fantastic Peninsula Cinemas. Thank you very much, as usual. But this is starring Dean Charles Chapman, George McKay, with a, a revolving cast of uh, British talent, including Colin Firth, Mark Strong, Benedict Cumberbatch, and Richard Madden. Sure. Tommen, getting some love here. Yes, he is. Yeah. Didn't realise how older he had gotten since Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's been uh, put on a little bit of weight as well. Nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Not at all. War uh, has treated him well, you could say. What are you talking? What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Who's the other guy, though? I know him from something. George McKay. I think the only other- It sounds like he's on Star Trek. No, he's uh, apparently he's Viggo Mortensen's son in uh, Captain Fantastic. Yeah, I wouldn't. I have seen that, and yeah. it's a really good movie. But I don't think I remember him from that. No, nah. maybe he just has one of those British faces. Well, he is British, so he would have a British face. Do you find Paul. they have like a hardened face compared to Americans? Dean Charles Chapman doesn't. Oh, how's the shade from you? The casual fat shaving from Hendo. Not what I mean at all. Jesus. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a rounder face, Hendo. Directed I by speak Sam- from experience. Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes. Hey, what do you know Sam Mendes from? Is he American Beauty? He is American Beauty. I know him from American Beauty. I know him from Skyfall as well. Yeah, that is a good movie. It is a good movie. What about the cinematography? Bye, Mr. Deacons. Roger Deacons. How could you not know Roger Deacons? What about the composer? Do you know this composer? Thomas Newman. Newman. Yeah, Randy Newman's mate. But Thomas Newman... I want to say he's been nominated 14 times for an Oscar without a win. Can do a little research? Is that correct? Yes, 14 noms, no wins. 14! He's the new Roger Deakins. Do you want to know? You want to hear some of the the films? Yeah, go for it. Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile, Finding Nemo, Wally, American Beauty, just to name a few there. Some good films. I'm just trying to remember the scores for them. I know Shawshank's got a great score. I remember the score for Finding Nemo. Yeah, I just, I remember that. It's it's nice, lovely. No, I mean, yeah, sure, sure, sure. This is actually Sam Mendes' second war film. Do you know what his first one was? Was it like a pseudo-war film that isn't really a war film, but it's- Jarhead? Yeah, okay, that's a war film. I saw Cinema's Jarhead. Did you? That's Sam Mendes. Yeah, I haven't seen that film. Really? Yeah, really. Can you remind me next time I need to give you a film that you haven't seen, Jarhead? Because that's one I saw at the cinemas, loved it, never watched it again. Who knows? No one talks about Jarhead. Could be really good. Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. He's great. I'll try to remember. I've got a better chance of remembering than you do. This is true. So, obviously, you knew this was uh, shot and edited to appear as a single long take that yeah, takes, one basically of th- takes place in real time. One of the few things I knew about it, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Did you know there were over 5,200 feet of trenches that were dug for this film, which is just under one mile? Considering the opening passage, no pun intended, uh, yeah, I, that doesn't surprise me at all because I'm watching it. I'm just like, fuck me. They had to make all of yeah. this. It's impressive. Oh. Very impressive. I also saw that uh, Tom Holland was sc- scheduled to play Lance Corporal Blake. Tommen? Yes. Yep. But obviously he had to turn down the role due to schedule conflicts. I wonder what schedule conflicts that might have been. Maybe a little Marvel involvement there? No, nah, it must be all the other work he's getting exactly. right now. <laughs> 
But in fairness, like, there's really no need to throw shade. Why would you need any other work at this point? Exactly. You're, you're, like, you're set. You make bank on this Marvel stuff. You're good. So for anyone who doesn't know the plot of this film, two young British soldiers during the First World War are given an impossible mission. Deliver a message deep in enemy territory that will stop 1,600 men and one of the soldier's brothers from walking straight into a deadly trap. A massacre, you could say. You could say that. But looking at some ratings here, Rotten Tomato says it's at 90%. Letterbox has it at 4.2%. But the big one, IMDb, currently has it at 8.7. Same as Saving Private Ryan? I guess that sounds about right. Over 26,000 ratings. Oh, so it's cracked the uh, the list. It has. And we will get to where that is sitting in the top 250 in our upcoming episode on Inception. But enough of that, Dean. Let's talk about what we think of the film now. We're going to do spoiler-free, obviously, of course. And then we'll do a spoiler-filled section, which will let you know well in advance with a little spoiler bumper as well. So, Dean, let's get to you. What is your thoughts on 1917? I was blown away again. No pun intended. Maybe a little bit. You know what I'm like. By this film. This film... I don't know. I sort of went in there with good expectations, but at the same time, I was like, oh, it's going to be this this long, probably slow war film that I'm going to lose interest in and yada, yada, yada. It's not like that at all. Yeah. This film is like- it ups the ante from uncut gems for how anxious you're going to be in this film. Like, I watched it and I could feel like my toes curling. Nothing like an excitement way, if you know what I'm saying. The, it's it's hard to, like, pin down exactly what is so amazing about this film. But for me, I'd have to say the, the camera work is just something else. The number of times I was watching this amazing, you know, pseudo one-shot in motion, just thinking, how the hell did they do this? How did they pull this off? And obviously- there are a number of cuts throughout the film that are, you know, disguised to look like it's not cut. Yeah. And I picked up on a few of them, but after I stopped trying to look for them because I sort of went in like, all right, where are these cuts? And like every time I go behind a tree or get a bit dark on screen, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there's one, there's one. But really, you gotta you got to let yourself go of that and really get immersed in this film. And yeah, as I said, the way the camera moves, it just glides. It just glides behind them or in front of them. You feel like you're there. It's this really weird sensation I got in the cinema, but I absolutely loved it. What about you, Hendo? What did you think? I think this is a very, very, very good film. Oh, yeah. so you're not as high as me. Not as high as you, but don't get me wrong, I think this is a very, very solid film and I enjoy myself immensely seeing this film. I think on a technical level, this is outstanding. It is incredible. The cinematography and the score are just oh. stunning. Yeah, I could not agree more. The cinematography, there's a scene where there's like a heap of flares going off yeah. in the in the background and you're just watching it. Like, the nighttime one? Yeah, the nighttime yeah. shot. And it's just like, oh my God. It's it, that- it's incredible. Was, I was on the edge of my seat. They just like I wanted to lean in closer to the screen to yeah. just just get myself as close as I could to what was showing, what was being shown on the screen for me. Because I'm like, yeah. oh, wow, this is this is fantastic. Yeah. And I agree with what you said about the score. This could be my favorite score of the year. See, I. Little Women and Uncut Gems for me. I don't know. This is the top three for me, and I just don't know which one is the best one for me. Hmm. I'd probably put Joker in there as well. Well, I wasn't as big on Joker as you, so it hasn't really stood out to me. The but score. You can't deny the score for Joker. No, I, didn't say it was, I didn't say it was bad. It just hasn't stood out as much to me as the other three films. See, Little Women I loved, but the score wasn't something that you know stood out for me from the rest. You mentioned the use of the one-shot technique, I guess, with the cuts yep. and that. I went into it knowing that this was there was edits and stuff, and I did exactly what you did. I was looking for yeah. it. Like, when, yeah. Where's the cut? Yep. And then you see a couple of the stuff, like, okay, okay, this it's not it's not gonna be as hidden. Like this was pretty obvious when they did the cuts. Yep. And for the first couple, it like it it really took me out of it. I'm like, it was it was me though, me trying to look for these cuts instead of 
focusing on the film. And after maybe the first two or three, I'm like, right, just, okay, we yeah, get it. Exactly what I yeah, said. Just get away, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just get away from that. And that that made the experience much more, much better for me, like when I wasn't trying to pay attention to when the cuts were happening. But in saying that, there were certain cuts where it, it didn't feel necessary. Like I feel like, for me, the general premise of the one take, it didn't need it. I don't think this film needed it. And I think it actually might have been better for me if it wasn't one single take the whole way through. I mean, I, I disagree. No, I feel like it would have been much better if you could not be focused so much on that at any point in the film. Like, have long, have long shots. Like, some of these shots in this film, these big long shots, especially certain, you know, scenes where they're running through the trenches or they're giant explosions as they're running along, they're great. But the, the certain scenes where he's just going through a river or he's climbing up a, a site, the side of a, a crater, I just, I didn't feel like it needed it. There could have been some cuts in this film. See, for me, for me, just to cut you off, for me, the use of the one shot, it really made me feel like you got everything. You know, like you're saying, oh, when he's climbing up, you know, the side of whatever, right? You're sort of like, oh, you know, cut around that. It's a bit boring or whatever. But for me, it was like seeing it. It's like, yeah, this is how it'd be. Like, this is the sort of stuff that normally is taken out of films. But because it was here, I I felt more involved, more invested. Like, okay, we're going to see all the nitty gritty stuff that normally filmmakers don't bother showing. And I did appreciate seeing something different here. What did you think of the performances from the two leads? Yeah, really, really good. Yeah. I think the not Dean Charles Chapman guy. George McKay. Was better than Dean Charles Chapman. Yep, I'll agree with that. But Dean Charles Chapman was no slouch. No. I thought he was very good as well. But it's not it's not the sort of movie, though, where you come out like, wow, the performances were amazing. Like, yeah, they were, but they're not on the same level as, you know, like a, like a marriage story, for example. You no. get out of that movie and you're like, wow, what a, you know, acting tour de force. The actors in this film did more than enough with what they were given. They were great, but it's not, you know, it's not the same material. The focus of this film is not, you know, the acting. It's the spectacle of war. Exactly. And I feel like, like I said before, the technical side of this film is outstanding, but I feel like the story and the progression of where it leads to, I feel like that's where it sort of bogged down for me. Really? Yeah. I mean, like I'm saying, like I was wowed the entire time throughout this film. I'm like, yeah, this- Everything about this from the camera side of you, of it is incredible. Even though you complained about it. Cinematography, score, it's all fantastic. Where where this sort of drops a little bit for me is just that story. I felt like it was a little- The story? Yeah. Okay. I, felt, I felt it was a bit bland at times. And I did find myself sort of losing attention a couple of points throughout the film. But then immediately, like 10 minutes later, it just bang, it comes back up. So I was very uh, up and down, like a zigzag about with my attention throughout this film. Yeah, it's so funny because- we started. Well, we I started watching this film, and it got to a point where right here's this huge exposition dump. Right, let's set up the entire plot of the film, yeah. and there's maps, and you know you got guys saying dates and countries and forces are here, forces are here. We're doing it, and honestly, I'm trying to keep up with this. <laughs> I was like, oh god, do I need to know all this? I kind of liked that it was a very simple story in the end. I liked that I didn't have to pay so much attention to all the. You know, the, like, really minute details of what forces are doing what and politically what it all means. Like, they didn't touch on that really at all. I like that this is a simple story about two young men having to do this impossible task and walk through Warzone to try and save a huge number of people. I like that, you know what, this is this nice little story here and they're going to do the absolute most with it. And they, they got every little thing they could out of this little story, and I really appreciated it. 
I didn't mind how the enemy were kind of kind of blank, I guess. Like there was most of the fights in this are very one-on-one. And there's a lot of times where it's like, what's the point? What's the point in doing this? Like they're, they're by themselves. It's like a one-on-one on either side. And they're like, well, why are we doing this? This this is I know it's war, but it's just us two here. Why you get that sort of um hesitation during this like certain certain scenes. Okay. I didn't I didn't get that at all. Well, I'll mention that in spoilers, but Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious to know what you actually mean there. So we'll get to that. What do you want to get to that now? Let's do it. Do we do we want to give our rating before we go there, Hendo? Sure. I'll give my rating. I give this a four. Shocking. I will give this a four and a half. And uh, this, I mean, this year for film, man, I'm giving a lot of four and a halves. 2019 has become one of the better years in Ooh, film. I love it. Absolutely love 2019. It's interesting that you you say your four and a half rating because with these new, with these more newer episodes and the bonus episodes we do, we like to keep our ratings hidden from each other. <laughs> and good old Dean, a little, little uh, you know, real life story here. Dean's wife, Britt, lovely Britt, puts it up on Facebook. Hey, we've gone to see 1917. And sure enough, it, 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 Dean's mum comes on. Oh, how was that? <laughs> and she goes, yeah, I give it a four. Dean, four and a half. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> At least I know what you think. Yeah, thanks, Britt. <laughs> and I said to her, I was like, what are you doing? I was like, normally we keep this, you know, a surprise until we record the episode. She's like, oh, I can take it down if you I was like, no, it's fine. Hendo's already commented. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> what about the cinema experience? How'd you go? Yeah, great. It was a pretty busy room, which always, you know, ups the uh, emotion in there. So, yeah. yeah, it was really good. What about you? Cinema experience is fantastic. Other people in the audience, not so much. Oh, really? Yeah, we had a group of maybe six Six people just playing with their chip packets and talking loud and munching down on their Maltesers feet up on the seats barefoot just did not give a shit. And so I gave them like the, uh, you know, the cat, the, the, the half head turn. No, were no, they no, behind no, you? They were in front of me. So I gave them this to look down to, for myself. Like, mm, give, give them the evil glare. To the backs of their heads. Yeah, they could feel it. What? <laughs> Big man. That's right. What should do you want me to do? You should have moved in front of them and done the, the half head just turn. Just for the one time. Just go yeah, sit just down. Just go sit there. <clears throat> you know? I watch a movie here. <laughs> yeah, all right, so if you're ready to get into some spoilers, Dean, we'll get into them right now. After this, there's no turning back. I strongly recommend caution. Did you see any trailers for this? No, of course not. Very good. Why is that very good? You're saying that, like, the experience might have been heightened for me because I hadn't seen trailers? No, I thought with one of these films, these big highly anticipated films, you've got no idea what it's about. You may have had a little sneak peek. Is the scene right at the end when he's running across the field and the explosions are going off, is that in the trailer? Yeah, as the 1917 comes into focus. Because, man, I saw that. I was like, I bet they put that in the trailer. Well, they've even put out behind-the-scenes footage of that where they, like, it's a... it's a uh, George Takei, like, running. Yeah. And you've the, got the, the, the camera van? crew. Yeah. 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 Now, that was interesting to, to see. What did you what did you think of the, the death halfway through? Great. Yeah. And so realistic as well. It wasn't like this epic, brutal fight. It's just... Stabbed. Yep. And it's like, oh shit. See, that's and- where a good long one shot was fantastic. Like just the, the slow the slow death and the emotion there, but as he's dying and realizing, oh my God, like I'm actually I'm actually yeah. dying. George Decay was great there. Yeah. You say George Decay? Isn't that his name? George McKay. McKay. George Decay is the Star, <laughs> Star Trek guy. <laughs> I told you it sounds like Star Trek. <laughs> George McKay. That's right. Okay. All right. No, I thought I thought that death was good, but when he dies, it's sort of you sort of know that well the other guy's safe, isn't he? 
<laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But that that scene where the 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 plane comes crashing right into the barn. Yep. Man, that was amazing. That was good. I was like, damn. And then when they're pulling the guy out, I was like, oh, is he- I thought he was a British guy too. Is is he British? Is he with them? Yeah. And like, why are they going to- and That's yeah. what I was getting at. Like, it, they're at war, but you can see that they're very raw at all this and they're not sure- It takes like- it- You said the enemy was- Faceless? Did you? No, no, not not faceless. Like it's they when they're one on one, it's like, well, what what is the point of this? It's, it's this is war between everyone else, and we're just caught in the middle. Yeah. Another perfect example is when uh, in during that nighttime scene when he's trying to hide from everyone, and then the young guy is standing there right there as well. Instead of killing him, he like tries to hush him. Like, Shh, like what are we doing? Yeah. Just, yeah. Just stop. There's no point to this. He's not a hardened like war exactly. killer. He's but so neither was the other guy. No, definitely not. No, <laughs> no. Dean Charles Chapman is the opposite of that. I was talking about the German guy. He was. Trying oh, to push. okay. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. I mean, how would you know? You don't know that. Because when he takes the arm, the hand off him, he goes to scream for help. Yeah, as you would. I think he looked exactly the same, like young age as him, and he was quite scared himself. Yeah, to the point where he would call for help. Either way, I feel like those yeah. sort of one-on-ones really just was trying to show that, like, war between these- It's not war between these two. Yeah. What do you make of George McKay's inability to get shot? <laughs> it was pretty good, wasn't it? They got- I mean- they got so close to him. I didn't realise the Germans were stormtroopers. Yeah, I've seen that said, you fucking- Really? Re- yes. Honestly, I, I, when I go see these films, I don't look at anything until after we speak. Yeah, no, I've, someone has made that comment. Uh, I'm sure of it. But- Can I say, one of the- We're talking about the cuts, like in the edits and that. There was one of them where it just it got me like, come on, it, that is a bit ridiculous. After Dean Charles Chapman dies, hmm. and they do that cut, and just behind the house, there's like 20, 30, people with cars there it was nice and silent and like when he dies it's somber and it's just them two and it's quiet and then one guy comes around the corner hey come with me and then boom there's like three cars just around the corner it just felt so out of place because it's a one one take if that was an edit where it cuts to they've been fault he's been with those guys for a little bit and there they are whereas as opposed to him walks he walks behind the house and there's just heaps of people there but you could argue that in that moment that he's holding a dying dean charles chapman you would tune out to the sounds around you i would imagine no i don't i don't think that's what they were trying to go for it's like they're trying to do this one cut how are they going to do this so they pan across these three blokes it looks like taking a piss on the house and then all of a sudden there's people walking out of the house there's people standing in front of the car there's it, it just that was the only one that felt kind of out of place yeah it was fine i didn't have an issue with that fair enough what about the end it's kind of unceremonious in what way like they talk about heroism and medals and that throughout the film yeah and how it doesn't really mean much and it and i'm saying this as a, as a positive when he gets to the end he, and he stops it it's like good fuck off like it's got it's you're not getting a medal for, or any anything for this you're just done go home oh from benedict cumberbatch yeah but even just from anyone there it's move on yeah okay I didn't really think twice about it because Benedict Cumberbatch's character was already set up to be someone who wants to fight, who wants to do it. When the the Mark Strong character said, make sure you get a witness, you know, make sure there are other people there. So, I was expecting him to hit someone who would not want to call it off. So, I wasn't exactly expecting, you know, oh, thanks so much after he was done. It was, I don't, I mean, but we were, as you say, they talked about medals a lot. It was already set up that he did not care for accolades for 
you know, anything that he does. It's more he he sort of does look at the big picture a bit more. It's not he's not doing it for personal glory. He didn't want to do it in the first place. He's more doing it now for Dean Charles, Dean Charles Chapman. He's doing it because he wants to save the people. Yeah, but he's there specifically to get it to find his brother as well. That, I feel like that's more almost more important for him at that point. Yeah, I mean that was that was a good scene with Richard Madden. Didn't know he was in this film. What? I heard Mark Strong was in the film, and in the trailer you see Colin Firth and Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, yeah, Colin Firth. Forgot about him. Yeah, he's, he's just there. Yeah, that scene at the start. Were you, like, paying close attention trying to remember all this shit? No, because I knew that the basic premise of the film was get okay. to here. Get to here and stop this, please. Yep, okay. I like how it ended kind of where it started, where George McKay's basically sitting in yeah. the tree. Yeah, I, yep. I, I did pick up on that as well. It's sort of like, you've done all this, but really, you're still in the same place. Yeah, nothing's changed. You're not going home as a, yeah. as a hero or anything. Which is good. I was shocked when he got shot by... Oh, I said before he had an inability to get shot. He did get shot, though, by that guy in the tower, didn't he? I think he hit his helmet and, like, and then he, down the stairs. Oh, so he... he he was knocked unconscious because of that. Yeah. I must say, I'm glad that happened because I was wondering, with this one shot, it is set up to be in real time and they're saying it, it will take six to eight yeah. hours. I'm like, but what, what's the runtime of this? Yeah, but even then, like, you don't see six to eight hours of walking. But then they get in the car and I'm like, oh, this is where they're going to make but it. But even then, they're not saving four hours on that car ride. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I don't want an eight-hour movie, but it was interesting that they would even stipulate how long it would take to get there. I must say, when they go into the the underground portion, oh, that was incredible. Just how sudden it was. The rat on the ground, oh no, boom, and it's holy shit. That was so amazing, that yeah. scene. That, that was one of the tensest moments for me. It's like, oh, tripwire, oh, careful, and the rat, fuck. All right, that'll do it for this one, I reckon. I think so. Strong recommend. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely recommend this to everyone. All right, that's going to do it for this bonus episode. And for next week's bonus episode, we're going to be tackling bad boys for life. Probably not to the same pedigree yeah, as 1917. <laughs> but as always, thank you very much, everyone, for checking out the episode. We'll see you soon for Inception. Bye. Bye.